We hope you enjoy listening to Once in a Blue Midnight podcast. Your host is Rachel Lawson, poet and author, the writer of the works you shall hear in this podcast. Call that part one. Apparently, the man was killed because he knew too much and was going to speak in court, so someone silenced him. A grim reaper said matter-of-factly to a sergeant of police, in a rather odd scene, that of a morgue. Mortimer, who killed him? asked the sergeant, in no way scared or nervous, talking to him. It seemed natural, his being there. The ghost did not say. He said he knew nothing of the crime he was going to reveal, or his own death. I take it as a free wise monkey's case, said Mortimer, matter-of-factly. You mean he won't say what he knows, said Reynard Alexander the sergeant. Yes, spoke the reaper, in a dying voice. What was he going to tell the court? The true identity of... Reynard was interrupted by the entrance of a man in a blue tux and top hat and mask. He looked nervous. Lancelot Alexander scoffed. Reynard who was his grandfather's and mother's uncle. His parents were cousins. Why are you nervous around friend Mortimer? There must be another reason, snarled the reaper who knew Lance was hiding some dark secrets. This is probably the work of the necromancer, Mortimer hissed. I wouldn't know. Lance said offhandedly. If it was him, the man deserved it. I have no doubt the necromancer thinks so, said the reaper. Uncle, where is my father? Something has happened, said Lance, looking the reaper dead in the eyes. What happened that you need him? asked the reaper. I haven't seen him today, said Reynard. Mother in the hospital, said Lance nervously. Reynard was speechless. He loved her. She was his niece, and he hadn't heard of it. He and his brothers had arranged their marriage. At first, Blake and she despised each other. Later, they grew to love each other deeply. Blake was the heir to the Empire, of the solar system. Now he was the emperor. She was the daughter of the king of time. They saw great promise in the match. She was called the angel of time. Their powers were inherited by one of their sons, the timekeeper, the most powerful being of their race, and the most lonely. But enough of him. 
Why didn't you tell us before, you psycho? Said the Reaper, voice no longer disguised. It was Blake who spoke. She was attacked in a home invasion. She is critical. She was shot, and the doctors are worried she won't make the night. Lance said, not wanting to be the one to tell the Reaper his wife was dying. I had better go and find friend Blake, said Mortimer, in his disguised voice. Me too, Lance said, dematerialising after his father. A man in a doctor's outfit came dashing out of a medicines cupboard in the hospital. There you are, doctor. We were looking for you everywhere. I have another job for you, an orderly said. For heaven's sake, don't beat about the bush, grumbled the doctor. Another freshie for you, said the orderly. Please refrain from referring to them as freshies. Call them a dead person, hissed the doctor. Okay, another dead person, said the orderly. Take me to them, the doctor demanded. Dr. Death has come to do his job, announced the orderly. The nervous nurse inside the room with the body. I'm a coroner, not Dr. Death, said the doctor, entering the room. So sorry, a reaper said, walking out of the room. The doctor ran beside the bed of the dead person. Oh my God, no. The doctor said, weeping tears of blue electric fire which crystallised, betraying his inhumanity to his colleagues. Blue midnight is Dr. Death, cried the orderly. Really, Sherlock, how did you not know? said Blake, crying. I was called here by my son because my wife was critical. I just told him about his wife's death. Hey, that's your job, telling people where their relatives died. Mind the orderly. Do you the same favour one day, snarled Blake. Who killed her? roared Blake. We don't know, the nurse said. I will not rest until she is avenged, screamed Blake. Now you are talking like me, Lance said, entering the room. Blake embraced the man he despised most in the world, his own son, who he saw as a monster. He was also known as the necromancer, Fate's Avenger, or to Blake, a mad, violent serial killer led by the nose by his boss, the last Fate Argent, who was Mortimer's boss, too. But Blake never liked or trusted him. Argent had turned the young, dashing, heroic emperor into the king of the Grim Reapers, nothing to make him trust him. Lance had his father's powers for sorcery and necromancy. 
like his long-dead sisterhood. If he is Blue Midnight, then you're his son, the Enchanter, the nurse said in awe of them. They were alien superheroes to the world. The darker lives were less well-known. I'll help you, said Lance coldly. No one escapes my vengeance. For God's sake, stop boasting, you psycho. Your mother lies freshly murdered. Blake snapped. Stop fighting, you two. Enter the vortex. I need you. A crying voice shouted from a swirling vortex. They walked into it. A man in tears greeted them. Blake tugged him. Son, said Blake, crying. I can't help save Mum. But we can avenge her, said the man. In the past I saw him. In the pool of time, said Lance. Come, said the man, leading them to a glowing pool of water, with the attack repeating in it. They heard him speak as he shot her, a life for a life, he said, and shot her, and it repeated. This him? Asked Blake, seeing a man you knew? Yes, you met him. The dead stool pigeon, said the man. Him? Then maybe I did murder him. After all, Lance said. Was he blackmailing Lance? Blake asked. No, Dad, was being blackmailed. I will be when you go back, said the man. Why? asked Blake. He finds out you are Mortimer, but he wants you sent to prison as a murderer, said the man. I didn't kill anyone, said Blake. Mortimer took his wife. The man said. She died. I took her for processing, said Blake. He doesn't see it that way, said the man. How did she die? Lance asked. You killed her, Lance. Blake lied. Lance felt terrible, thinking. He caused his own mother's death. She was in a car accident, Blake said seriously. Lance scowled. How did he die? Lance asked. I will attack him with my sword, the sword of time, said the man, to protect my family. Tempest the timekeeper? You never leave the tunnels of time, for any reason, let alone to murder a man, Lance said, shocked. I saw it, so it will happen, Tempest said. No wonder the killer of your mum's ghost is refusing to talk. Blake said he does not want to help or antagonise us more. Is there any chance of saving mum? Lance asked. No, but she will be avenged, Tempest said. Where are we going to? Blake asked. 
two days before you left, Tempest said. Don't let your younger self see you. Why? Lance said. You don't know you were there. Don't want to change the past too much. Tempest said. We saved the moon from a space cuckoo. Why can't we save our mum? Lance asked. Can we save her by not going back to save her? This is a fixed point in time. You can't go back, it has already happened. The moon wasn't a fixed point. And it was the moon. Without it, there is no earth. You were saving the earth, Tempest said. Enter the vortex and do what already happened. Here we go again, said Lance, as they walked in the vortex. We hope you enjoyed our podcast. If you want to listen to more of my stories and poems, come back later to Once in a Blue Midnight podcast. Any time.